What is going on, DC? This is Move the District, hosted by yours truly, Mike Yassin. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to highlighting members of the Washington, DC health and fitness community and giving you the correct information, no BS, to help you live a life that's active, healthy, and fulfilled. All right, welcome back to episode four, and I'm really excited for our guest today. She is the owner of TW Training and Wellness, which is a uh, uh, which specializes in run coaching, and she's a group fitness instructor at Orange Theory and Equinox. This is Tammy White. Tammy, thanks for being here today. Uh, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, I'm uh, happy that we uh, have finally been able to get you on here. I know we've been working together for a little bit. And so, uh, you know, I always love to uh, talk with runners. It's a big part of like my practice and obviously it's your specialty. So uh, I'm excited to uh, dig a little deeper here and, uh, you know, see what we uh, come up with. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's take it back now. So obviously uh, the focus of, you know, your business is on running. Uh, how long have you been a runner? So as an adult, I've been running long distance races for about 10 years. Um, I ran my first half marathon in 2010. Um, and then since then I've done over 40 half marathons and 12 full marathons. Um, I was a runner in high school as well. I did, you know, track and cross country. Um, but in terms of adult running and long distance <laughs> racing um, for about uh, 10 years. Now, was it a kind of seamless transition from uh, like high school amateur running into like adult running or was there a gap? How'd it go? Definitely a gap. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, so college, I didn't, I mean, I ran here and there. Sure. Um, you know, like I went home Thanksgiving freshman year. I'm like, man, <laughs> gain some weight. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I need to start running again. Um, so college was very off and on. Um, when I was a teacher, I, so I worked in education for a long time before I switched careers. But when I was a teacher in North Carolina, um, I, I was very active, but I really didn't run. Sure. Um, I coached actually like um, middle schoolers on uh, track and cross country, but I didn't do a, as much running myself. Um, and when I moved to DC, I uh, was more of an office job for education. And so I just wasn't as active. And for me, running was the most logical way to get back into working out. So it definitely like took time to kind of build up. But for me, once I have a goal, I, I kind of just work towards that goal. And so I'm like, all right, well, I signed up for this half marathon with a friend. I need to train for it. So I'm definitely a lot of, a lot of walking at first. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, um, but you know, I did it. So <laughs> you did it. And 12, 12 marathons later, here we are. Uh, what was the, what was the push that made you, you know, get into like running? Like what was the realization? So initially I think it was just, um, a way for me to get back into shape. Um, it was an accessible way. Um, and 2010 was really before the big running boom kind of started happening. So mm-hmm. I did a lot of solo, like there weren't all those, these running groups that we have now and, and whatnot. So a lot of my, kind of advice I got from like asking people like city sports, like what are these gels? Like, do you have recommendation? Um, And like asking the few friends that I had that were runners at that time, like what they'd done 
um, for like races and advice they had and just like doing a lot of reading and things like that. So, um, so yeah, so that initially it was just kind of like getting back in sh shape and my friend was kind of doing the same. So that was the motivation. And then, you know, it took a little bit of time. Um, but now it's just like a part of my life and I love the community aspect of it and just, um, the goal of setting aspect and just how it makes me feel in general as a person. So, so you run your first half marathon and how'd it go? Pretty well. I mean, I ran like a 201, okay. which for most people, like, that's like a nine, I don't know, 15, 920 pace or something. So, um, yeah. So most, for most people, that's pretty decent. Yeah. That's definitely a great place to start. So now would you, so then were you like, all right, time to go run a marathon next or, or what was the, what was the progression there? So that race was the fall of 2010. I think my next race was the cherry blossom. Um, and then I ran like two other half marathons in 2011, I think two other ones. Um, and then I finally signed up and did Marine Corps in 2012. So it definitely was, you know, I didn't jump right into the marathon distance. I needed to kind of get several half marathons under my belt before I felt like um, I wanted to commit to the training. Uh, but same thing. I, I mean, I trained for my first marathon pretty much by myself. I really didn't have like friends that mm -hmm. were running at that time. So um, I did it completely pretty much by myself and the help of reading and, <laughs> and and that kind of thing. What were some of the like resources you used when you got first got started? Um, I mean, I looked a lot online. I mean, Runner's World was a big resource, um, and I I mean, I got the monthly uh, you know print uh, magazine. Uh, I would look online, research things. Um, I would go on Amazon and like look at the highly reviewed books and so like Hell Higdon that's who I used for my first marathon which it's a you know it's a great kind of basic training plan and for mm -hmm. people that are want a basic training plan it's a great plan to follow um but yeah I just kind of and then like I said city sports um I, or that was the main and pacers I think pacers was around then so um, was that an old like sporting goods store city sports yeah, it's out of business now. Okay. Um, yeah. I actually okay. worked there for three years part time before that was after I like went just for picking stuff up. But they had running, biking, outdoor stuff it was kind of a mishmash of things. But they had gels, which I knew were like not something I needed for <laughs> training. And so I'd ask people that worked there, I'm like, Hey, do you run? Like, do you have recommendations for things? So I just kind of talked to people and you know, like I said, there weren't really a ton of running groups. And I was and honestly the running groups there were from some of the running stores I felt very intimidated by. And so I didn't, I didn't go to them. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about like the, the lifestyle, like how much of a lifestyle change happened like over that course of time for you to be like to run your first half marathon, to run your first marathon, like how did your life change? So, you know, obviously marathon training is a big commitment. Um, I think for me, the lifestyle change is funny as I actually just, wrote a uh, Instagram post about training today that, um, you know, the consistency with running took time. I very much was in the cycle of like, um, train, I have a race coming up. I need to train. And then I'm going to take a lot of time off after that. And then, Oh, I have another race. I need to train. So it was like this constant cycle of like, 
constantly training for like three or four months and then like not really doing much for a couple of months. So it was this whole cycle. So the whole like lifestyle thing wasn't really ingrained in me until I'd done several marathons. And then it was like, okay, I'm doing a couple a year. Mm-hmm. I can't keep on starting from scratch. And, and so then it became more of a lifestyle thing. So for me, like going out for a double digit run on the weekend is, is just kind of like, all right. And for, I mean, I mean, I know it's crazy for non-runners and even runners who never consider a marathon, but um, it's just part of my life now. It's like, okay, double digit run the summer. All right. Pretty much every weekend I have a double digit run. It's just kind of that's what it is, but um, mm-hmm. it, did, it definitely took several years and several marathons for it to actually become considered like part of my life. And and you think that's had a positive impact on your performance? No, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think with running, just like anything in life, you need to be consistent to get better better at it. And I think you know, I set PRs. You know, I broke four hours of the marathon, broke you know one fifty and a half, all these things kind of in that cycle, it was, it's not like I wouldn't run at all in the, the time off. I just wouldn't run very much. So, right. um, but I think once I got consistent, like my best times are from 2017, 2018. Um, and so that's after like some consistent several years of training. Um, mm-hmm. And then like last year was a May year, but it was more because of, of like some injury thing I didn't take care of um, uh, in a yes. while. <laughs> um, that's the thing about running. There's a lot of ups and downs and, you know, progress is never linear. Like you can have a couple really great years and then just have a year that just kind of sucks for various reasons, whether it's injury, life things, um, whatever it may be. Um, and so I think running mirrors life really well in that way. Right. So now, so you start running marathons. At what point are you like, all right, I'm going to coach now. So shortly after City Sports went into or went out of business, um, I saw a local running store that was uh, that had a training program and that was um, looking for coaches. So I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, cool! This is a cool opportunity." So I went to the training and um, started coaching with them. Was an assistant coach for the for the distance program. So it was very low. Um, there wasn't a huge time commitment, and it kind of dipped my foot into the water a little bit. And then their weekday program, the coach was moving. And so I was interested in that spot. And I became coach of that program for about a year and a half or so, um, year and a half, two years. And that really gave me more of the like hands-on coaching experience because I was actually coaching the distance program. It was more supporting the long run, which isn't it's, it's motivation, but it's not actually like coaching, coaching motivation mm-hmm. is a huge part of coaching, but the actually technical piece of like putting together workouts and those kinds of things. Um, I did more in the weekday program. So, um, when I started like doing that, I really enjoyed it. And, um, I, I worked in education for 12 years. Um, and I, the last three jobs I had, especially the last two in education were just soul sucking. <laughs> um, just, and so, so the, you know, I was starting to like, you know, think, Hmm, like this could actually, I wonder if I could do this like more full time or a little more of a side hustle. Mm-hmm. So I started doing research to see if there's very many running coaches in the area and there's really not at least to advertise themselves and do a group program 
Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing one-on-one at that point. It was just like thinking about the group program, but then I realized one-on-one is something a lot of people want. So I added that as well as a service, but not a lot of running coaches in the area. So I'm like, okay, this could be a thing. Um, And then I um, was, my degree is in exercise science. So I already have kind of that background and I was studying Mm -hmm. for my personal training certification. And so, and strength is something I think is really important for runners. And so I was like, okay, well, I have my strength, my personal training certification, and then I'm a running coach. I can combine those things. And so that's kind of what made me start thinking about it. And then um, some things happened at that last education job. And um, then I sort of uh, decided just to go for it because mm-hmm. I really was burnt out of education. And I, I, there was an opportunity um, to, to do it that I thought I should jump on. So did you, um, did you start like by like making programs for like your friends or was it more like, you know, you got introduced through like a, like a, like a store? How, how did it, how did it, how did it first get started? So, I mean, I went through all the business stuff, like getting my LLC and all that kind of stuff. Um, I waited until the program I was coaching with hat was done for the season and then I officially launched um, the week after that. So I already had experience doing a group program because I've been doing it for a couple of years. So I launched by just having like a six week track program in like November, December. Right. Um, and most people that were doing that were friends or people that had been part of my program mm-hmm. um, before. And so that's kind of how we started like just testing things out and whatnot. Um, and then um, I had a, she was an acquaintance at the time um i met her through like a running group um who at the time she was um a regional like a manager for pacers running and so we got talking and pacers running didn't have a training program or a coach they associated with they used to do some in-house coaching but it just um they didn't have the capacity to do it well and so they took that off as one of their focus areas and so we started talking and from there i started building a relationship with pacers um which was great and and that relationship has just continued to build in the time and, and of my business and, and really has been a big driver of, um, of people for me and just exposure um, to the running community in the area. Um, but yeah, when I first started and with one-on-one coaching, I did coach a couple friends um, with one-on-one coaching just to test them things out. And honestly, with one-on-one coaching, I've, I continue to always learn because everyone is so different and, and one-on-one is very customized to each person. So right. I don't know, coaching is kind of like therapy too. So <laughs> everyone <laughs> has their like different things. And so I'm a coach of like, you know, they're running, but I also, there's a lot of the mental piece that comes to it. Absolutely. I think, I think, yeah, it's like the same with physical therapy where it's like, you know, so much more than just the physical aspect of it. There's like the emotional side of it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, no, that I, I know the feeling. Cause I think, I think PT is the same way where like we're almost, more coaches than like you know like therapists it's just kind of all encompassing versus just one hat i think basically yeah for sure um let's talk about the run community now i know you said when you first started you kind of did things on your own but then you've also you know i know you do a lot of group you know training um what would you recommend for someone looking to you know get into running would do you recommend that they start off you know maybe in a, a group training session, or do you think it, do you think they would benefit more from like a one-on-one? I mean, what, what would you recommend to someone getting started? Yeah. So if someone just wants to kind of find a general like running group, um, 
I would say kind of test different ones out. There's so many running groups now. So I run personally, I run with district running collective when mm-hmm. you know, running groups are allowed. Um, I've dabbled with others as well. Um, depending on my schedule, like I'll sometimes go to pacers, but a lot of times the, the nights don't work with my schedule, my coaching schedule. Um, and I've dabbled with other groups, but you know, every group has a different, um, feel. And, right. you know, I, I think like, you know, there's some groups that are really fast and, you know, I think that can be intimidating, but there's some groups that have a huge wide, like range of levels. So I think it's finding um, a group and trying different ones out, maybe bringing a friend with you. If you have a friend that's willing to go, mm-hmm. um, if you're just kind of trying to dip your, your foot into some things um, for me, like my group program does actually focus on newer runners. And so um, right now it's obviously all online. Um, once we're able to meet in groups, um, if people are in DC and Virginia, there is an option to um, come out for those speed sessions and long runs if they're training for like a marathon, half marathon. Um, but they can also opt to just do the online portion. Right. Um, and so I do focus actually on newer runners, newer to long distance runners, or kind of middle to back of the pack runners. Um, for my group program, my one-on-one, um, I have a huge range, like every different kind of level of runners. Um, for one-on-one, I think, from my experience working on with different runners one-on-one if you're brand brand new to running and you're not really sure of what your goal is it's more challenging to work with a coach one-on-one because for me like i customize based on what is your goal it doesn't have to be a race it could be um i want to run two miles you know under this time Mm -hmm. like i've worked with people like that before too but if you're like oh i just want to you know if you don't have like a specific goal that has some sort of time bound commitment, it's, it's hard to go after that thing. So, right. Um, if you just want to dabble and start to kind of get into it, um, I think a group is a good way to get that accountability and community. Mm-hmm. Once you have a goal in mind and you want to get better, I think one-on-one is great if you want that customization. Right. So I think this is the, uh, the one question I think, you know, people will want to know is like, so when it comes to running, Running is running, right? I can just throw on a pair of sneakers and I walk out my front door and I can just go for a run and I'll be able to run a marathon eventually, right? Is that how that works? <laughs> There's a lot of things involved in running that I, you know, I don't think people realize until they get into it. Um, what, what, are the, what are the benefits of having a run coach? So, so one-on-one or group, or you want to talk about both? So I think one-on-one, um, first, like, and I, I've worked with, and I am currently working with the coach as well. Um, the reasons I chose to get a coach again is the same reason why people seek me out. One, it saves me time. I don't even think about my workouts. Like they're just given to me. And like, that's, that's actually a big reason I decided to work with coach again, because I'm really busy planning other people's workouts and I don't have as much time to think on my own. So it really is like, I mean, you have your workout, it's in your calendar, it syncs with your Garmin and you just like press start and you go. I mean, so it's really easy. It's when, you're, when you're programming all day for other people, the last thing you want to do is program for yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I couldn't feel you more on that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those things, I feel the same way, like, you know, programming exercises, things like that, where it's like, I do this all day. And then when it comes to myself, I'm like, nah, well, maybe I'll do this, I'll do that. And so- yeah, I'm the same way. That's why I have, you know, someone to help me program my exercises. And I'm just like, you know what? 
I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So saves time. And if you're in the group program, same thing. I, you know, your training plan is given to you as well. And it's, it's given to you based on the level that you come into the program with. So there's not as much customization as one-on-one because I'm going in there weekly, giving comments, giving feedback, um, but it's still customized for which, which you're coming in with. And the platform I use gives paces as well, which is really great because it's based on your fitness level. So that's really great. So it saves you time. Um, it gives you the added push. I mean, for me personally, like, you know, I've been consistently running for a long time, but I'm, I haven't really been doing speed workouts and I'm not really going to do them unless someone, right. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'll do them on my own, but right now I'm not in race training mode. I'm starting to build up to train for a fall race, whether or not that happens, but yep. I'm still going to pretend like, or act like it's going to happen. So, but I'm not going to plan those speed workouts and do something that's really going to push myself if I don't have someone doing it for me. Same with you know, a lot of my runners, they're not going to do that speed workout on their own. Right. Um, I think also it's just another look into your training. So if you've kind of stalled out, like if you've been running for a while and you're not getting faster, you're not hitting the times you want to hit, there's a reason why and you need to do something different. So it gives you a different perspective on things. You know, I have people that have been running for a while and um, they come with like ambitious goals and they haven't been able to hit them because of X, Y, Z reason. Mm-hmm. Um, or I have people that, you know, are newer to running, but they really want to run their first marathon. And so, um, but they don't know how to do it. So it's like, you know, you want someone who's experienced that can show you the path, whether that's the path to a new PR, because you're not sure how to get to that PR or um, a path to running your, your first marathon. Um, and then, uh, I think it's the accountability piece. So for yeah. my group program, big time. Yeah, the my group program, like people, we have a, a group chat outside of like when we meet in person and just you know, I'm just online only. We all have a group chat. So mm-hmm. people post their things, they encourage each other, they look at Strava. So that's accountability piece. But um, you know, meeting me in person or I've been doing virtual things like that's the accountability. And one on one, if you're paying for a coach, like why would you waste your money? I mean, exactly. I've had people do, I've had people do that. Sure. Um, and there's, it that's happens. not, I've seen, it, I've seen it myself. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, that's accountability piece of, you know, someone's going to be looking at your workout. And so, I mean, yesterday I did not want to run, but I knew my coach would check. So I'm going <laughs> to do that run. So it's that accountability piece. Right. So those are, those are probably some of the big ones is just, um, yeah, time saver, that extra push, the accountability and the community is a big piece for the uh, my group program is people mm-hmm. really like the community. Um, it's a really supportive community. And I, I have a lot of people that return season after season um, because of that. So, um, so, so we talked about, so we said, you know, if you're, if you're going to go for a run, you're running, you're, you're doing, you know, long distance runs, you're doing your speed work, you know, those things, it's just running, right? You don't have to do anything else. Is there anything else you have to do? Well, if you want to get injured, you can just run. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so strength training is super important. And um, it's something I've always incorporated into my, my runner's routine. So like I put in their training plans, I don't give them specific, I mean, I have videos they can access. I don't tell them exactly routine every time, mm-hmm. but I have videos, but um, I want them working on strength several times a week and depending on your runner 
um, and how much time they have, it can mean different things. For some people, like it's just making sure that they're doing some core work, some glute work um, mm -hmm. on a regular basis. It's body weight or resistance band. That's what they have time for. Um, they haven't had any really injuries in the past. And so it's just kind of maintaining. Um, for some runners who like to lift, it's, you know, lifting, it could be lifting heavy. And I think, you know, there's a lot of value in lifting weights for runners. And I do it myself. Um, but for some people, they don't feel comfortable or they don't um, have, obviously right now we don't really have access to heavy weights um, or gyms. And some people have stuff at home, but right. it depends on the runner. But at a minimum, I want mm -hmm. them two or three times a week after a run, before a run, doing 10 to 15 minutes of some like strengthening exercises. Um, because when it comes down to it, you know, running is jumping from leg to leg. You're basically going from leg to leg. It's a series of movements. Yep. Most people have an imbalance. And for a lot of people, it's in the hips. And so if you're not um, the hips and the core, and so if those areas are weak, at some point it's going to break down um, when you continue to um, yep. run. Um, Cross-training, I think, too, for if, if runners are injured a lot or – they're really new and they don't have the mileage on their legs yet, but they need to build up that cardiovascular fitness. I think things like biking and elliptical are really great tools to supplement running um, without putting the, the pounding on the body, mm -hmm. um, but to build that cardiovascular fitness. I think cross training is really valuable as well. How much do you incorporate that kind of stuff into a training program for people? So with my group program, so with a group program, when they enter the program, they fill out a survey. So I kind of have an idea what they're coming into. The number of days a week they run depends on how many, like where they're at currently. So um, if someone's coming in and hasn't really been doing much running, then they're going to have a little bit more cross training the beginning of their plan. Because if you, if you have too much mileage too soon, you're going to get injured. So they need to do some more cardiovascular stuff like a bike or elliptical or something um, to get that fitness level up, but not raise up the mileage too quickly. If someone's been running pretty consistently, they're not going to have as much cross training because they don't necessarily need it. Strength training. Yes. Um, with one on my one-on-one -on -one athletes, it really depends on the, on the person. It's the same sort of principle. Um, but my thing is, is like, if you love doing something, you shouldn't stop doing it because you are training for a marathon. So like if you love bar class and bar is great for runners because it works those little muscles, then keep on doing bar. If you love spin class, I'm going to work it into your schedule. Yeah. A runner who loves soul cycle. And, um, she, you know, when the, when the studios are open, that's in her plan a couple times a week and then she's running, you know, four days a week. And so, um, but she loves doing that. And in the past, she's burnt out of running because she just stopped doing that and she just ran. There's room for both in the balanced training plan. Um, it just depends on the person. And so I do work those things into people's plans for my one-on-one -on -one athletes. And that's the reason that they're one-on-one -on -one is because it's all very customized. But the group program, I give them guidance. So, you know, I put the cross training in them for them um, once or twice a week, depending on, you know, like I said, where they're at. Um, and then I give them guidance on kind of what they should do. Strength training is built in for all of them. I have videos they can access of doing of different routines that I've done, but I just put it as a reminder on their schedule. Of right. Like, do this. Yeah. I think, I think that, I think that makes sense where it's one of those things where, you know, you're not going to like 
get them to stop doing it, you know, if it's something that they love to do. So you might as well like build it into their schedule instead of like, just be like telling them don't do it because then they're probably just going to do it anyway. And they'll probably I, just- I, I don't actually agree with that because I, I've talked to so many runners when they were training for their first marathon that they stopped doing X, Y, Z because that's what they thought they had to do to train for the marathon. So like, uh-huh. like I stopped doing yoga because, and yoga is great for runners. Like mm-hmm. I, sure. I, um, I like it when I do it, <laughs> not <laughs> consistent with it, but I do think it's, it's, it's always helpful when I do it. But, um, I've talked to so many people that have this mindset of like, when I train for a marathon, I have to stop doing these other things and just run. And that's why they get injured. And so right. I actually think that, and, but people don't necessarily know how to integrate it into their plan in a way that's still going to be effective for them. So I think that's where a coach comes in is, right. is helping to figure out what's that balance. If you want to be a better runner, you need to run. You can't do spin five days a week and run once a week and think you're going to get better at running. Biking helps your running, but to be a better runner, you need to flip that. <laughs> right. And spin maybe once or twice a week, run four or five. Like, you know, so I, you know, it's a balance, but a lot of people don't know what that balance is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think finding that balance between doing the things that you like love to do, um, as well as like what you need to do. Um, I think it's probably the most important thing and probably, you know, in the long run ultimately is, you know, most beneficial to them. Yeah, for sure. They're just cutting everything out and just focusing on like one thing. Right. I mean, well-rounded athletes, I mean, runners are athletes, they need to do well-rounded. And so, I think any athlete who just does the one thing is going to get injured, get bored, get burnt out. Yep. And so all those things need to be yeah. taken. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely part, you know, at the end of the day, runners, runners are athletes, you know, whether you're running for a marathon, half marathon, or you're just trying to do two miles or you're trying to, you know, keep up with your kids, you know, at the end of the day, you know, runners are athletes and they got to train like that. So, you know, for all the cardio and the respiratory, you know, stress relieving, you know, benefits, you know, there is that, um, you know, stress on like the musculoskeletal system that like needs to be, uh, you know, monitored and addressed. Yep. Yeah. Um, so at what point, so you, you, you made the jump to, you know, the full-time run coaching. At what point did you add in coaching at Equinox and Orange Theory? So Orange Theory, I've been coaching there for it'll be three years in August, actually. So that started pretty quickly after that. Actually, I actually started at Orange Theory before I officially launched my business. Um, So those happened pretty closely together. Um, Equinox, I've been at for about a year and a half. um, But in between, and Equinox, I teach a running class, actually, on the treadmills, precision run. But in between um, those, I've also actually used to teach uh, cycling. So I used to teach spin. Um, at a few different studios. I love taking cycling classes. It's, mm-hmm. um, and I, I enjoy teaching it, but it just wasn't my favorite thing. It, it made me kind of anxious when I'd get ready for classes because of all the choreography stuff. And so um, I, I stopped teaching. Um, gotta, have a, but, gotta have the rhythm. Yeah, I, I do have rhythm, but like, you know, like remembering with each song, I would just get really anxious of like before I taught. So I just decided not to teach that anymore. Um, so yeah, and I did a few other random things, but yeah, so mm-hmm. Orange Theory has been the most, been the longest, um, and then Equinox has been for a while, but, but, um, yeah, I mean, for me, 
I always, regardless of, you know, eventually I want my business to be completely full time in terms mm-hmm. of like income. Um, and as it's getting close, but I always want to teach somewhere. And because I think it's important for me to be learning from other people, there's not a lot of running coaches, like I said, and I learned from other running coaches through, you know, reading things on Instagram and just doing my research too. And I, and just, I, I like hearing different people's approaches, having mm-hmm. a coach of my own, I'm learning, but because strength training is a big part of my coaching, I want to be learning from all sorts of fitness professionals. Mm-hmm. And the way I do that is through coaching. Even if it's a couple of classes a week, I always want to be connected to the fitness community as a whole through teaching in a studio. Um, Move the District is sponsored by Big League Performance and Rehab. At Big League Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to bigleagueperformanceandrehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. Who are some of your uh, influences? Uh, in fitness or running or fitness, running the whole shebang. Hmm. <laughs> like, look at my, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, who are some, who are some of the, your favorite people that you, uh, follow or you've read their stuff or, you know, try to emulate inspired you. So I think, I mean, I feel like I get inspiration from a lot of different people. Um, I mean, there's definitely people at Equinox who like my managers at Equinox who are just like so full of energy and life and kindness. And, um, I've just learned so much from them just taking their classes and, and not just them, but other instructors at Equinox. Equinox just has great instructors. Orange Theory does too, but I think there's so many different types of instructors at Equinox because they're specialized in their area. Mm-hmm. So I've just learned a lot from like taking their classes and then watching them and learn. And I think on like social media, I mean, I don't even know these people in real life, but they're, <laughs> and, but like, there's a lot of different people I follow who are uh, quote influencers. Okay. Um, that I, people I follow the most that I enjoy the most are people that are very real. Okay. And they just like tell you like it is, I'd, I'd literally, I'd have to like look at my phone. To, like, can you give, can you give you, me one name? Give me one name. Well, actually, my coach is um, Green Body Marathon or Green Body Mary. Um, so I started working with her um, because I've actually been following her for a long time. And okay. I really like her approach. Um, Lift, Run, Perform, um, which is uh, coaching out of – they coach – like a lot of them are like, high, like I guess, faster runners. But um, I appreciate like their approach as well. And their founders actually named Mary as well same as my coach but different person um so i just i like the realness that they present of it um yeah i've i'd have to like scroll through my instagram but those are a couple i put you in the spot there i put you in the spot yeah anyone anyone at equinox that you want to shout out jill and pasquale and timbo oh timbo yeah i just had we just had timbo on here so uh awesome yeah uh, he's he's awesome they're all awesome, but yeah, those are three that come to mind. Friend of the podcast, Timbo Williams. <laughs> um, so let's talk about 
mindset. Um, obviously, you know, with uh, coronavirus and everything going on right now, all these races are being canceled. How are you tackling this issue with your, uh, with your clients? So it's kind of evolved um, in the last two months, I think. So when things started first being canceled uh, with my one-on-one athletes, um, I had check-in calls with all of them pretty much the week of the week after kind of things started being canceled and things were being shut down just to touch base to see like how they were feeling as people and Mm -hmm. how they were just like, and everyone's kind of was in different places and then how they wanted to proceed with their training. So did they want to do a virtual race? Did they want to still train for their goal race and just do it, you know, as a time trial or like a virtual race, they want to scale back and focus on kind of easy miles and just, you know, kind of that thing. So everyone is different. And and that's kind of how I approached the, my one-on-one athletes with my group program. I turned everything virtual. So Mm -hmm. we would meet twice a week for runs, um, speed workout on Tuesday and a long run on Saturday. So I started doing, um, just the strength part of our track workout. And I made, made sure all of our, all of the track workouts or all the speed workouts were easily done on the street. So mostly mm-hmm. fart licks or hill workouts. So no like 400 meter repeats, that kind of thing. Cause tracks are closed. So I just scaled or I changed the workouts to make sure it could match what they could do. Also, I mean, like if you don't feel like doing speed right now, that's fine because, right. you know, and same approach with them, they had a lot of goal races. And so mm-hmm. I created some virtual race, virtual races through Strava specifically for my group program, but also anybody actually could sign up. So, right. um, so that was cool. And now that we're starting to approach summer training, um, I mean, my summer or my um, spring program ended at the end of April anyway. I've been doing a four-week free program that was open to anybody. So I've had a good response there. Mm-hmm. Um, with my one-on-one athletes, most of them are going to train like races are happening. So I, I think for me, my approach is you know, there's nothing you can lose from training for your goal race in the fall. Mm-hmm. If it gets canceled, which, you know, things change so much, who knows right. what's going to happen. Um, I do think at a minimum, there will be local races that happen because they're more controlled. Will the world majors happen like Chicago, New York, et cetera? I don't know. Right. Um, but the worst that can happen is that you're in better shape <laughs> and then when 2021 comes around and hopefully there's a vaccine um races will happen again yeah you know and so um can't go wrong by um by using these next you know six months to to train yeah and so you know that's the approach i've been taking um most of my athletes and i i'm, I'm starting to fill up my spots my one-on-one spots i do cap my one-on-one coaching roster and so i know i've had um a couple of the new couple new people actually returners they i used to coach them returning back to me um and i've had like more people starting to reach out in the last week or so about one-on-one coaching so um that's, that's the that's the usual around this time is when mm-hmm. i start to get busy so my summer program opens at the end of this week awesome. um and there'll be two programs, one focused on those um, long distance races and one more focused on like 5K, 10, 5K, 10K or like newer and just want consistency. So right. um, 
yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm proceeding as if summer or fall races will happen. And mm -hmm. I think there's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, the mindset piece, if you don't want to train for a fall race, you don't have to. And, <laughs> you know, if you want to keep it easy, that's cool. Um, I think that you need to, you need to work with what you have. Everyone's in different situations. Right. How did you address it with those that, you know, had trained, you know, for months, you know, coming into the spring only to see their marathons, you know, or races canceled, you know, within weeks of them actually happening? Great question. So I basically gave them options for how they wanted to proceed. So first I just, you know, listened to them and helped them work through some of the logistical pieces of, okay, let's, you know, think about, think through what we need to do. Okay. We need to take care of this, these travel plans and whatnot. So those are always, there's so many things on your mind when races are canceled, especially if you're traveling, because there's just a lot of logistics involved, but from there, it's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to, you know, still run this race on your own? Do you want to switch your focus to maybe we do a 5k or I've done some mile time trials with a lot of people. So it's just, it's more so working with them to see like what's going to motivate them to continue going. And for some of them, it was like the first couple of weeks, I just wanted to chill. Yeah. Like they just used running as a, their therapy and they just wanted to chill. And then like, then, you know, touching base and it's like, okay, I want to actually, I want to run a 5k. Mm -hmm. And then like I had one of my athletes, um, she PR'd 5k. She was training for Boston. Mm -hmm. um, Boston was you know, rescheduled. And I had another runner who ran a solo marathon. Um, and yeah. so I've had, you know, all my runners are in different places with kind of whatever, but it was always whatever they was going to motivate them. Right. That's the goal that we went with because that's what matters is what they want to work towards. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. Cause I think, you know, especially like, you know, people, you know, running a marathon is, you know, on people's bucket list, you know, it's something that they, you know, trained for a long time. And then all of a sudden it's like, sorry, you're not going to be able to do this is, you know, demoralizing. And I know I definitely had a few, you know, clients here, um, that like, were like, I have no motivation in life right now. And it's like, all right, well, let's take some time and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, you know, start to, you know, slowly get back into things and like find that, find the goal. I think that's the ultimate thing is like find the goal. And at that point, then you can, you know, give something to shoot for. I think, so I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And just listening. I mean, I think said like as a, as a coach of any sort, you're always a therapist in some ways, but I mm -hmm. think especially train, you know, the last couple of months have been even more of a, a therapist in my role. Cause a lot of it is just like, you know, listening and making sure that I'm taking care of their, I mean, this is always the case, but especially now, like their emotional mm -hmm. kind of state of mind. And it's not my responsibility to obviously make sure they're okay. But as a coach, I do want to make sure that they are okay. And um, that whatever we're doing is, is focused around like what they're feeling right then. So if they're just not feeling like doing speed workouts, then we won't do them. We'll just, you know, focus on whatever. But for a lot of people, it's like, no, I want speed workouts. They actually like, I really look forward to those. So I'm like, cool, we'll do them. So, you know, I, and I have an athlete in Chicago and can't really do Hills there cause it's <laughs> really flat. And, mm -hmm. um, for a while he had like, cause they closed down the lake, um, the Lakeshore drive, um, route. So he could do limited runs for a while, but now he's discovered some other routes and now we can do some longer runs now. So, you know, it's just figuring out what they have to work with and what they want to do. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I think continuing on that mindset piece now, how do you deal with, you know, we touched on it a few times already, um, burnout, like, you know, obviously with running burnout stuff, like a very real thing. 
Um, how do you how do you deal with your your runners on the topic of burnout? So I think it's really important after a goal race to take you know several weeks off, um, maybe not completely off running, but it depends on the person. So um, definitely at least a week off, five to seven days off running at all after a marathon. Um, after a half, like just at least a couple of days off, it, it kind of depends on what you want to do after. But the time off is not just good for a physical break, but you need it for a mental break as well. And some people need longer breaks than others. Um, so taking a little break. Um, but then the, the time after the race, after you take that break, um, it depends on what the runner is shooting for. I definitely take at least like three weeks of no speed workouts. It's just easy running. We ease back into it, kind of a reverse taper. So, um, you know, taper, you taper down, first taper, then you start, you slowly work your way back up. You don't need to work your way as slowly up as you did as you were building, but it's kind of a, you know, three week process of like you get back up. So, um, and then you're running, you know, about 60, I usually do about 60, 60, 65% of what their peak week was is kind of like where their base, I kind of like keep them just kind of chilling. Um, for a while. So, but if they have another race right away, then that might look different. So it kind of depends. Um, and I always to, you know, I've had runners or um, some of my one-on-one athletes that have been working with me for quite a while. Um, and I've definitely had athletes too that have worked with me for a while. They took like a three or four month break mm-hmm. and then they came back. And that's cool. Like, because some people they need that break from coaching. They need that break from the structure Mm -hmm. to just kind of do what they want to do. So with burnout, you know, um, I haven't really gotten burnt out too much in my running career. And I think it's because I keep it fun and interesting. I take the mental breaks. I always Mm -hmm. take breaks after each training cycle and I do the cross, I do cross training. I think with, and I think that's why a lot of my runners also don't get burnt out is because I really try to make sure that their training is aligned with what their goals are and what they like to do. It's like, it's yeah. like I was saying earlier, they really like to spin. They really like the bar. <laughs> they really like whatever. Right. Then let's do that. Yeah. You know? And if you, if you keep it fun, um, yeah. And then, and I've been doing some mild time trials with a lot of my athletes that's, different for them so i think it's you know just mixing things up giving them different speed workouts that are fun especially in the off season we're not doing speed workouts every week but we're mixing them in to keep things interesting keep things fun so right 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 yeah no i mean i think i think that variation definitely plays a big key and then i think i think the community aspect plays a big Mm -hmm. key too you know especially for those in your like your group training program because like you know, if you're going, you know, to see your friends or, you know, I think that, um, you know, adds another component where it's like, you're not just going for a run where it doesn't necessarily feel like a job almost. Right. Exactly. And the winter program, because it's cold outside, we met in coffee shops, met and like stopped and, um, started there. And some people got really excited for, for coffee. So, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that's their, that was their motivator uh-huh. um, to, come, to, to come sometimes is that coffee afterwards. So, yeah. Summer coffee, no, no, uh, no bars, just coffee shops? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what summer's going to look like, but <laughs> <laughs> when we meet in person. There you yeah. go. Uh, so what would you say, who's the ideal, you know, TW training and wellness 
member? Who, who do they look like? So, what do they look like? I mean, for the, so for the group program, like I was saying earlier, it's a runner who is newer. So like for the long distance training program, they're newer to long distance racing and or or they've done some long distance races, but they haven't trained very well for it. Like they haven't been consistent and they really want that accountability, that structure, that community to really help them train well for their race or they're doing their first marathon or half marathon and they want that same thing. Um, most of my runners in my group program are kind of middle to back of the pack runners. So mm -hmm you know, we're not talking Boston qualifiers. That's not who the group program is mm -hmm. um, or who is in the group program. Um, I've coached, obviously, I was, you know, coached that level with my one-on-one, -on -one. but for my group program, it's, it's more focused on kind of that middle of the pack runner. With the online coaching though, it can be, um, it really doesn't matter, mm -hmm. but they are, most of my runners are lower mileage runners. So we're gotcha. not running 80 mile weeks. So are we talking first timers? For, for, for yeah, are we talking? Are we talking? Are they people that like have run who have never run a marathon before? Have they done maybe one or two before? Are they regular? It can be both. It can be both. So it can either be like first, like newer to long distance, meaning they haven't run a marathon or half okay. marathon, or they maybe run a couple but they haven't trained well, um, and they need that extra accountability. But they're not high mileage runners, so they're not peaking at eighty miles a week. They may be peaking at forty. Or 50 miles a week so it's lower mileage runners um and then my new program which i haven't had before um but is is really focused on like new runners new or returning they don't have mm -hmm. much of a base um so that's that my one-on-one -on -one, it really is is um it can be any level but it really like they need to, what i have found is people that I haven't worked well with are right. people that are not actually committed to doing the training. So I've had people that reach out that like they have aspirations and I work with them in their schedule, but they're not doing any of their runs. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm not that type of coach who's going to text you every day and be like, Hey, did you do your run today? Um, I'm here to support you. And you know, if you like, I have people that text me pretty often and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I have people that rarely text me, but they're doing their workouts and it's, you know, it's loading in the platform and I see them doing the workouts. I'll leave comments. They'll respond back. Mm -hmm. and that's cool. Everyone has different communication style, but if you're just not doing your workouts and I don't know why, and it, that doesn't work for me. I, that's not the type you, of thing. You can't do the runs for them. <laughs> I can't do the runs for them. And like, I'm just not someone who's going to like take your money and like put your plan in there and mm -hmm. not, expect you to do the workouts. I just, that doesn't work for me. So those are the people that don't work for me. If you're not actually committed to doing them. Now, if you're in the group program, I mean, I had that, there's not as much, like I don't go into their plans every week and give them comments. Mm -hmm. Part of the accountability piece is having those group, that group component. And so yeah. you are doing, you know, two of your runs kind of holding you accountable with the group. And I'll be doing some virtual stuff to help with that. Um, whatever as well. But um, yeah. So what are, what are, what would you say are the, the qualities of a successful client? Like someone, you sign up for my first marathon and what, what are the qualities that I have that I need to have? 
should have? Well, you need to be willing to do the work mm -hmm. and you need to be able, you need to be willing to be coached. So you need to be, you need to have an open mind. So, you know, I don't know everything. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly learning. Mm -hmm. um, I, obviously know more than the people that are coming to me to be coached, but I'm, con I'm constantly learning also from people and from other coaches. And so um, you need to be willing to be coached and try something different. So, you know, and I'm open to having conversation about things, um, but um, you need to be, especially if you've done the distance multiple times and you're trying to get faster, you need to be open to doing it a new way to get faster. Right. Um, so I think those are honestly the biggest things is like willingness to be coached and willingness to work hard and, and do the workouts and put the time in. And another big thing for me is communication. So if you're not, if the workouts aren't happening, like if there's something going on, I need to know about it. So if mm -hmm. there's something in your personal life, like you don't need to tell me all the details, but I need to know if there's something going on that's preventing you from like you have limited time or like work is crazy this coming week. And so we need to adjust your schedule. That's what I'm here for is to like make sure that your running schedule is aligning also with your life, that it's manageable for you. Um, and if there's weeks that we need to dial it down because something else is happening, that's fine. But I can't do that if you don't tell me about it. And so that's, that's in particular with my one-on-one -on -one athletes with my group program um, if I don't hear from them for a while, I don't see them at a practice or I just don't see them, you know, communicating in the group chat, I will reach out to them, but like, Hey, is everything okay? Um, I think that's something that you don't get in a lot of group programs. And, and I do like to personalize my group program as much as possible, um, without making it one-on-one -on -one coaching. But I do notice when people aren't there or don't, aren't active. And I, I do reach out to them to just make, check in with them to make sure they're okay. But the communication piece is huge with yeah. my one-on-one -on -one clients. And like I said, if everything's like, I have a couple guys that I coach that like, they're not big communicators and like, uh -huh. but they're, they do their workouts. I see they're, they're doing a great job. I'll leave comments, you know, and mm -hmm. you know, they'll respond. And, but I, I don't hear from them very often, but they're doing the workouts and you know, I do check with them and um, they're like, yeah, everything's great. So like, <laughs> so that's cool. And I have, like I said, I have some people that text me every day, every other day. Um, that's fine too. I'd rather people over communicate than, than not because then I can be a better coach if I know like what you're doing. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. What's one thing everyone should know about running? <laughs> one thing. <laughs> one single thing. Um, most of your runs should be easy. So about 80% or more of your run should be easy. I like that. When I say easy, easy means effort. So mm -hmm. way too many runners run all of their runs. This is why they get injured a lot of times. Like it's a race like uh -huh. they get as fast as possible. And then their body never gets a chance to recover if they're doing all these runs really fast. So yeah. um, speed workouts, you know, speed should make up 20% or less of your, of your runs um, but yeah, easy meaning your heart rate is kept like in the green zone three, um, easy meaning you can have talk in full sentences, you know, easy can mean different things. Don't get, don't let your ego get the best of you. 
with Strava and in whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, cause your easy pace, maybe someone else's fast pace, your easy pace, you know, it, there's no slow is relative. Yeah. So easy, go easy and your body will recover quick, more quickly. You'll be able to build your mileage safely. Uh-huh. Um, that's, a, that's by far the biggest thing is runners, including myself. It's hard to go easy cause you think you're going too slow. Quote, right. Too slow. Right. Absolutely. But you need to go easy. You need to go slow to go fast. Because mm-hmm. if you're able to do that, you can build your mileage that's consistent. And then you can add those speed work- workouts in and you can run even faster in those speed workouts because you've, your legs are fresh from going slow in those other miles. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that plays, I think that's, I think that's great advice. Um, I think, you know, the, you know, that easy effort, uh, I think is something that especially with running where you like, there's like this feeling that you should be grinding, you should be going balls to the wall all the time. And like, that's not necessarily the case. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's great. What are, um, what are some, I, you've mentioned a couple of the different like programs you like, you like to use, um, like Strava. What, what are, um, what are some programs you use for your coaching? So the big one I use is called VDOT. Um, it is, um, designed by Jack Daniels, who's a pretty famous running coach. So, um, it's specifically for runners and what I like about it, um, is, syncs with Strava or Garmin. Um, but it bases your paces off of your fitness level. So you enter in a result from a recent race or a time trial, something you did at max effort. Mm -hmm. And from there, it gives you your paces. It also estimates like what your, um, time is going to be for upcoming races based on your fitness level. And it's constantly changing. So I've had athletes that have moved up a lot and their easy paces drop. Like I have one guy in particular who, I've been working with for like a year and a half. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, his easy pace is like at least a minute, minute and a half faster than when it was when we first started working together. Wow. Um, so it's cool as you can see your, you can actually see your progress because your VDOT score goes up. So as you get faster, your VDOT score goes up and your paces change. So, um, for your easy runs for your, there's different levels of speed workouts that, and that, those are the things I program for them. Um, but that's what I really like about it is it's just it's so customizable and within my group program even though i'm not like one-on-one with them it gives them customized paces which is not something that you typically get in a group program so yeah um i like that um that's the main platform i use it syncs with like i said garmin and strava um you can also share stuff with it whatever um that's the main thing i use and then i use like I, I'm thinking about using something different with my group program for the upcoming summer, but uh-huh. um, in the past I've used like group me and whatnot for like just group communication, Facebook, I'm trying to get away from Facebook just because everyone doesn't have it. So mm-hmm. I've kind of been exploring some different apps that um, for the group program, because the piece about being able to communicate with each other, share, right. that's really important. Um, have you tried Slack? Now. Have you tried Slack? That's actually the thing I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah, I would say that that's probably a pretty good one right there. Yeah, for for I think what you're looking for in terms of like community. Um, yep. Yeah, it was actually this. I, I've used it before through uh-huh. a different um, group, and uh, someone, one of my runners, um, suggested it to me because I'm I was having them test out this other app, and I was like, oh yeah, I didn't even think about Slack. I've used it before, and so I didn't use the app. So I was actually checking it out this morning. Nice. Um, but yeah, nice. I'm probably going to use that for the, instead of Facebook as like a way to communicate. Gotcha. Uh, so if you weren't in the, the fit biz here, what, uh, what would you be doing? 
<laughs> well, like I said, I worked in education for 12 years. And so I would probably still be in education, but honestly, like I, I cannot imagine going back to like a regular <laughs> hour job. Like I just really can't. That's, that's what I say yeah. now. I, I say I'm, un, <laughs> I'm unemployable now at this point. Like, yeah, I, I just really, I don't think I could ever go back to like a, I mean, education was never a nine to five. It was still like a lot of, it was a lot of work and just as much work as I doing now. But yep. um, I just, I don't think I could ever go back to not having flexible hours. So I, I just, yeah, I can't, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair know enough. Good answer. Um, what's the last book you read? Finished or am I currently reading? Uh, give me both. So I'm currently reading 26 Marathons by Meb. It's really good. Um, I'm actually a girl in my program. It's like, do you guys want to do a virtual um, running, running, uh, reading group? Um, oh, cool. Like, cool, yeah. If you organize it, awesome. I'm like, I've been wanting to read this book. So I actually got it from him um, at New York, New York City Marathon last year. Um, because I fundraised for Team for Kids, which he's like a big supporter of. And mm -hmm. I fundraised my amount a month early. So I got the book for free. So oh, cool. it's signed by him. But it's really great. He he ran 26 marathons in his career. And it, yeah. each chapter is based on a marathon. And it talks about the lessons he learned. And it's very readable. Um, the last one I finished. What is the last one I finished? Um, I like start and stop a lot of books. So I'm like trying to think what was like the last one I finished. <laughs> hmm. I'm like, what was it? I don't remember. Uh, You're gonna finish 26 marathons, so we'll count. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm almost done with it. So we'll, we'll count we'll count that one. Okay, we'll let's count, count that, that one. one. <laughs> I'm also reading Brene Brown right now. Cool. Um, yeah, and I have a couple other um on my list. <laughs> What's the uh, what TV show are you watching right now? Man, I'm making my way through all the Netflix ones. Um, I just finished Sweet Magnolias. <laughs> magnolias okay yeah but i've 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 probably watched more tv in the last two months than i have in the last like two years because i really don't watch a lot of tv but um i think you're not alone there <laughs> a lot of netflix yeah i think you're not alone there and i think i think you know it's one of those things where there's such like i've been a, there's been such a pressure over the last like two or three months to like learn you know like three languages and like do all these like you know improvement tasks but like Sometimes it's okay to watch Netflix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tammy, that is going to be it for today. Thank you so much for coming on here. Um, how can people find you? So my website, uh, twtrainingwellness.com. Also on Instagram, uh, tw underscore training wellness or my personal account, which I also talk a lot about running and fitness is Tammy Runs 50. I'm running or half or full in every state. So that's, that's awesome. Instagram names after. So one of those two places is best. Awesome. And then they can also find you when gyms reopen at, uh, at Equinox, um, Anthem Row in Bethesda, and then Orange Theory in Penley Town. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tammy. And uh, I'll definitely be talking to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to bigleagueperformanceandrehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.